You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, Thursday edition. We've got football week 13 games get started tonight with the Dallas Cowboys at Orleans Saints. Matt and I will get into that and some of the early Sunday games from week 13. Uh, but first, Matt, there's a few bits of news. One, well, we, we got to talk about Deshaun Watson a little bit because we forgot him in our quarterback conversation yesterday about <laughs> starters. Is he even going to be a starter? I want to pause on that for one second because I want to shout out all the listeners of the Peacock and Williamson NFL show and uh, on December 1st, which was yesterday, the Spotify wrapped, put out their thing, and and a bunch of listeners were tagging us throughout the day and telling us, showing us how much they've listened and talking about how they're, we're their number one podcaster and their top five podcasts they listen to throughout the year, which is really awesome. So I just want to say hello and thank you to all of those folks who do listen regularly. It's an amazing, um, an amazing group of people that are listening all the time, like every day. The, Nicholas put out there that he had listened to 219 episodes throughout the year for a total of 7,773 minutes, which is pretty remarkable. Yeah, like Nicholas put almost as much work in as we have with this podcast. With the time Maybe more. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. So shout out to Nicholas. And uh, this morning I saw one that came over the top of that even. So shout out to John, who's the winner, the leader in the clubhouse right now. He says, rookie numbers next year, I'm going to have to break 8,000 minutes. He outdid Nicholas by about 100 minutes here. He's got 7,813 minutes of listening time with Peacock and Williamson. So um, I'm glad you all haven't got tired of hearing us every day. Without question. Thank you. I mean, it's, it's just a big thank you and very cool of you to tweet it and share it and all that good stuff. Please keep spreading the word. We, we think we're doing some pretty good stuff here, and it's been a blast. Thank you very much. Um, Deshaun Watson, you mentioned that we forgot him. We easily could have just lied and been like, we didn't bring up Watson on purpose because we didn't know what to do with him yesterday, you know, because you don't really. But I think we have to include him in he's going to be a starter next year. Does that mean he will actually start games? Maybe not. (laughs) Or it might be a while until he does. But some team will view him as their starter. So I'm going to include him in a yes. Is I don't know. I push back on that a little bit. Is he a starter right now? Because there's a chance he's still in Houston because this isn't resolved. And until it's resolved, I can't see a team putting in what they would need to resource-wise to trade for Deshaun Watson. And there's a chance he he could get suspended for a whole year. These are serious allegations he's dealing with right now. So... I don't. I, I'm not confident saying he will be a starting quarterback next year. I, I'm much less confident. But you know how the NFL is, and it's a quarterback-starved league, uh, especially for a star-talented quarterback like Deshaun Watson. If a team sees that he's not going to be suspended and the off-field stuff's getting figured out, then, yeah, he will be a starter. But I don't think it's guaranteed. Yeah, right. That's, that's a good way of putting it because he isn't one now, so right. can I <laughs> put him in that going to be one next year? And my logic was maybe he isn't actually on the field, but somebody will view him as their starter, much like an injured player. You know, like if a Mahomes or Allen or somebody like that got hurt, we'd still call them a, uh, one of the 24 starters. I was going to lump Watson that way, but I don't know that we can. 
it's almost like you would have. He's got his own category, obviously, but I'm I'm not more confident that Deshaun Watson will be starting Week One than I am, say, you know, Tua and Jimmy G and, and some of the guys that were at the bottom of our list of guys we think are going to be starters next year. Mm-hmm. So he, no, I hear what you're saying. He's Let's well call behind. Twenty four and a half. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's weird that that's been so quiet though. Too, we haven't heard a peep in. For months, basically yeah. since the season started, there's not been a peep. There was the the trade deadline stuff, but not about his actual case. I have no idea what's going on with that. That's a good point. No news at all. I mean, trade trade deadline. I was buying in. I thought he was going to end up in Miami, you know. Or and there was a lot of rumbling and a lot of believable stuff that hey, this is going to happen. And then I kind of felt dumb, you know, like after the fact, like how can anyone trade for him? I mean, just because we're getting some some tw- tweets from big people in the, the reporting world. Uh, how does any team trade for him knowing what we know, unless they know way more than we do, which wouldn't some of that leak out and there's been no information. So uh, it's probably just wasted breath talking about him at this moment. I mean, someday something mm-hmm. will happen and we can react to it then and you know, his new team and all that, but we do need to factor him in for the, who are guaranteed starters for next year conversation. So so we're we're at about what three quarters of the league. We'll right. So there's yeah, guys. there there's a pretty good chance that one less spot than we talked about yesterday will be available for a starting quarterback because Deshaun Watson will take one of those. Mm-hmm. And it might be a situation where comes out after the season, he's suspended for eight weeks, and I'm just gonna use any hypothetical team. Washington has Watson and Heineke, and we know Heineke will start week one, but no matter what he does, his job will be lost the day that Watson returns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that being a, a logical like outcome. That. Yeah, something like that. I, I, just, I just, It's hard to see that he skates through this. I like. I don't know. There's too yeah. many. There's too many accusers. Like, it doesn't make any sense that he would be available to play week one for a team. I, I just can't see it. But yeah. anyway, we'll find out. But that that's an off season topic now, so we're done with the Deshaun Watson portion of um, the podcast. Probably for the rest of this season. I have one other quarterback note. I just want to throw out sure. there is I, I I've been doing. I'm trying to get ahead of draft prep than where I usually am in early December and whatnot. And you know, Dane Brugler just came out with his first mock. He's one of my favorite draft nicks out there. And the real theme I'm getting here is I don't know that a quarterback, and and trust me, I've fallen prey to this before. As of right now, it doesn't look like any quarterback is worthy of a top 10, top 12 pick. I believe someone probably will. I didn't think Daniel Jones was going to be the fifth pick either at this point. And Mm -hmm. there's many examples of that. But boy, I wonder if a lot of these teams kick things down the road for their quarterback and... You know, the Eagles that have three first-round picks, the Giants that have two, maybe they move back and get a, a first-rounder next year so they could make a move. Or these bad teams, Houston, Detroit, early second round, they're clamoring to get their quarterback. Yeah, it, yeah it's, it, there's so much time left in the process. And I, I think I'm I just, just saw that Malik out, Willis yeah. from Liberty is going to go to the Senior Bowl. He could make himself a lot of money there. He could be one that, that rises a ton. We had talked about it, how, um, you know, if you looked at November, December mock drafts and those particular drafts, guys like Goff and Wentz and, and Baker Mayfield might have been, you know, at the top of the second round instead of the top of the first round. And by the way, Jerry, who's in our Peacock and Williamson Fantasy Football League and, and commissioning that for us, shout out to Jerry. He said, um, 
yeah, when Brian mentioned that Goff, Wentz, and Mayfield were all considered second rounders in the December mocks before they were drafted, maybe draft season needs to be reevaluated because second round sounds about right for them. Maybe you should stop. Gone, maybe right. it's over evaluation and you should stop in December. Who knows? That's a good point. And as I was sitting here thinking that the other the other scenario I could see is you're say you're Houston and or Detroit and you're picking in the top three, but you're not taking a quarterback there. You take Thibodeau or Hutchinson or whomever. And then all of a sudden, by about pick 24, you're calling all those good teams saying, how can I move up from 33 to 26 to draft a quarterback, get that 50-year option, you know, that type of stuff. And those teams that have those extra picks that are high in the draft, that's better draft capital than, say, a Steelers or um, right, right. Washington or another team that might be trying to trade, or even Miami now, another team that might be trying to trade for a quarterback. So maybe... It does help someone like the New York Giants go trade for Russell Wilson, as long as you yeah, can talk good. that player into wanting to come to play for you because those players have earned the opportunity to decide. So Rodgers and, and Russell Wilson and those types have to okay their next destination, and maybe one of those teams at the top that might have normally been drafting a quarterback, maybe they have an opportunity now because of those valuable picks to flop to flip those uh, to teams for quarterbacks instead of drafting them. By the way, one of the prospects is in your backyard, Kenny Pickett. I'm um, yeah, seeing him in first-round mocks. I, I kind of like what I've seen from him. Do you think he's a guy, top-ten guy maybe even? Maybe yeah, top quarterback I, I know a lot about Kenny, and people, everyone in the organization loves him. Huge leader. A lot of... Burrow uh, comparisons. I mean, that, that's the type of player he is. Ball distributor, timing, rhythm, highly accurate. Um, here are my concerns. You know, he, he from what I understand, he's the leader to win the Heisman, which, wow. You know, I mean, um, and I'll definitely be watching the ACC championship game rooting on the Panthers. But here are my concerns. From I haven't seen this officially, but I know he has small hands, like, unusually small hands like eight and a half inch hands. oh no that and he wears gloves so like that's oh wow kenny two gloves <laughs> right you know so <laughs> he under i mean that's a worry i mean especially in this area of the country and whatnot but i mean he will not come in with adequate hand size he's been in college forever and a year ago he considered coming out and got like a fifth round grade from the committee so he decided heck why not come back in you know why not stick around and improve my stock. And he absolutely did that, had a phenomenal year. But the one thing I do want to throw out there is Pitt, it's, it reminds me of Zach Wilson. The guys blocking for him are all like super seniors. I mean, they're all old. They've been around the block a long time, much like I talk about with like BYU offensive linemen. So he hasn't been under all that much pressure, you know? So he's had time to sit survey the scene get it out you know so there's things to consider i think he's going in the first round though and i'm looking at these quarterbacks like malik willis is listed at six one two something and you know that means he's you know six feet and six one half oh, inch or two, maybe even yeah. five eleven and three quarters you know one of those so that senior bowl weigh-in is going to be pretty huge for him kenny pickett at least i, I you know he's kind of a thin guy but six three two nineteen even if he's six two and, and gets that weight to 220 i think that would be okay um matt corral from ole miss is listed he's at six two yeah. and, and he looks small like i don't he looks really small yeah i think uh, like short-armed too and maybe even some small hands there so uh, i don't know if any of these guys are going to show up at the combine and blow people away physically which is usually what you know, would help lead to 
a rise. Maybe, you know, I think height is maybe not as valued as high as it it was at one point. So maybe someone like Malik Willis, who's athletic and has a great week at the Senior Bowl, has the opportunity to have the most, you know, rising power heading toward the draft in, uh, you know, in the uh, in the winter months. But none of those guys look like Josh Allen or Cam Newton. Right. Yes. They're all on the lean side. And then Carson Strong, I guess, has some some real medical concerns, too. So everybody has a flag or two. And then the North Carolina um, young man, Howell, Howell, he just hasn't been good. Like, I don't, people are putting him in the top half of the first round. I don't really see that either. So, yeah, this is tough. It's it's a rough quarterback class for sure, but someone's going to climb. Who is it? That's the big question. My only Howell note, so we'll get to these games. I kind of just threw a segment away here, but what I know about Howell, and again, I have a lot more work to do, is he's a lot like Baker Mayfield in terms of stature thickness arm strength maybe a little bit better runner that's his style of physical makeup but his season hasn't been nearly as good and most people tend to blame excuse it away because Michael Carter Javante Williams Denami Brown and I guess a blocker or two are elsewhere and he's playing with a bunch of youngsters now that I think about it, maybe it makes sense for some of those teams at the top to, you know, draft the Aiden Hutchinsons and the, right. the Kyle Hamiltons and, you know, those um, Kayvon Thibodeau, those those stud defensive players, cornerstone players, Derek Stinkley offensive Jr. Too. Yeah, um, a bunch of offensive tackles there. And then jump back in maybe late in the first round, maybe trade back yep, up from, yep. from uh, it, you know, that's, and a lot of those teams have extra picks, so they'd be able to do something like that. So it'll yeah, be interesting. It'll I be, can see that being the approach. It's going to be a fun draft prospect, even if there's not quarterbacks at the top, because it'll even add to the intrigue as the draft goes on if the quarterbacks aren't off the board early. Yep. And it's a little early, but I do promise our listeners we will get some people know more draft than we do on the show for sure. Absolutely. And there's a ton of draft to cover in the winter and spring months, uh, playoff football never sleeps we're here every day that's why uh nicholas can listen to 219 episodes over the course of a year we're not even done with the year yet more peacock and williamson coming up let's take a look at week 13 no one plays daily fantasy sports to lose even though sometimes it feels like it with how bad some of my fantasy dealings have gone this year winning feels so much better But that's the point. Traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition because you never know who or what you're up against. You don't have to compete against thousands of experts or unknowns. Stat Hero puts you in control of your fate. Head-to-head, one-on-one. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house. It's head-to-head fantasy matchups. For example, pick three running backs. Can you beat a lineup of... Joe Mixon, Elijah Mitchell, and Alexander Madison. Pick three running backs, beat those three. It's a mix or treat running back only. Pick them at Stat Hero. Just one of the ways you can play. Stat Hero players are clocking odds over four times better. So sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on, by the way, for that 100% deposit match. Stathero.com slash locked on. Stathero.com slash locked on. Promo code locked on for the 100% match terms and conditions apply. By the way, Matt, one more note as far as listenership goes. This episode is going to put us over 1 million downloads for the year so congrats yeah, get on that. out of here yeah we're at nine hundred ninety-eight thousand right now wow how about that yeah so that's a pretty cool milestone that just sort of coincides with all the 
the Spotify stuff that's happened right now. So that's pretty cool. So again, appreciate everybody out there listening. Hit us up at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. If you think you got uh, some of those guys beat, if you can get over 8,000 minutes of listening time and more than 219 episodes, let us know about it on Twitter. All right. We've got the Dallas Cowboys at the New Orleans Saints. Both teams not doing great the last uh, couple weeks here. Um, I'm not so worried about the Cowboys. Definitely worried about the Saints. Cowboys going into New Orleans, which is a tough place to play in the Dome, favored by four and a half. How do you feel about this one Thursday night? The Saints are missing everybody, it seems like. I know. And real tough place to play. You know, I think um, the Cowboys head coach, he's not going to be there because of COVID. I think they're going to miss an assistant coach or two as well. Brutal place to prepare for and walk into. And maybe this is a Saints defense steals the game type situation. Loud crowd noise. Cowboys offense has shown some chinks in the armor lately too. Frankly, I was really hoping to see the Taysom Hill-Kamara pairing. Kamara's been rolled out. And I'm sure Peyton has some some fun things that he's going to show us with Taysom Hill today. And I think it'll be a lot of Ravens like type of designed runs and you know, a lot of tight ends. I just don't think they have enough playmakers. You know I mean? All the, the injury news seems to be favoring Dallas and not the saints there. It looks like they probably will have Amari. He's a game time decision. Lamb is back. We know Gallup's back. I'm going to go with the Cowboys, but I think it's a pretty good number at six. Is that the one you're looking at, too? Um, I actually see four and a half right now. Let me, let me double check and okay. see if that has changed. Well, I'll take the Cowboys minus six, so I'll oh. definitely take the Cowboys minus four and a half. Yeah, I had not refreshed it. It has jumped to six from four and a half. Yeah, okay. so if you that got that four and a half logical. number yesterday before this news of the Saints injuries, that would be good. No offensive tackles for the Saints. No running back in right. Camara as far as their number one guys go. Their number one quarterback and receiver already gone. It uh, looks like they put uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson on injured reserve, and he's a really nice chess piece for that defense to go against a team that has a bunch of weapons on offense like the Cowboys. So, yeah, you, you hate this for the Saints just with the way their season is sort of spiraling out of control and the injuries. It's just it's so hard to overcome at this point. And I know it's a tough place to play, but you're missing so much on offense and you're yeah, missing some yeah. things on the defensive side of the ball. you got to give up the points here. It might be exactly what the Cowboys need. Right, exactly, yeah, and and they're getting healthier while the Saints are getting even more injured. Yeah, exactly. How about the Buccaneers at Falcons? We've got a couple of old, old heads at quarterback here. we got Tom Brady and Matt Ryan in this one. The 8-3 and Buccaneers favored by 11 points on the road at the 5-6 and Atlanta Falcons. 11 points, that's a lot. This seems like one of those home dog numbers where it's just too big of a number and you gotta, you got to go with the home team with a veteran quarterback. I'm going with the Bucs. I, I, I was just fiddling on Football Outsiders yesterday, I guess it was, and pulled up DVOA, and rarely do, rarely do we get that one versus 32 matchup, but the Falcons are 32nd in DVOA. No one will be shocked Tampa's won. I mean, I never knew they'd be by the top, but Atlanta, their wins aren't super impressive. I think their defense is really bad, but I also think they're a better team with Cordero Patterson, Pitts, Gage, Ryan, like I think that offense is 
respectable. It's not great. Don't get me wrong. I just think the Bucks are much, much better, much more talented. I think Brady carves up, you know, that defense without much hesitation. I'm going to lay the points in this one. I'm going to take the points reluctantly just because it's a lot of points in a home team. Yeah. And, and you kind of laid out how they could keep it close and, you know, maybe even um, maybe even go sneak one out and win it. I don't think that's going to happen. But, wow, that's that's something we've talked about a lot with the Falcons. Why we thought they were pretenders, even though they're five and six, you know, they're they're in right. that they're. A five and six team right now is the seven seed in the NFC, and that's what the Atlanta Falcons' record is. There's multiple five and six teams, but they literally have one good win on the season. Right, it's not impressive. Games. And they've already lost to the Buccaneers forty-eight twenty-five, but that was at the Bucks' house. Can they keep it within you know a, a touchdown and a field goal? That's all you got to do here. So I, I'm going to give up the points. I love Cordero Patterson in this offense. Keep it close. Keep it close, Falcons. Okay. Bucks are rolling though, man. The Bucks are, it's going to be Bucks and Chiefs again, isn't it? Like, it feels like it, doesn't it? It's kind of frustrating. But Green it, Bay may have something to say about that. That's Maybe true. Arizona, too. There, there, there's plenty of teams, and there's yeah. nobody running away with this thing. But, man, it's almost like the inevitability of Brady and Mahomes again in February. It, it, it yeah. feels that way. The, the Bucks are definitely in a good spot right now. I mean, they're not challenged in their division. They're only really thinking about the number one seed. Um yeah, you know, their older guys aren't going to be stressed that much, you know. So I think the Bucks are really set up well. The Cardinals, well rested, coming off a bye. Kyler Murray back at quarterback at nine and two. They're on the road at the four and seven Chicago Bears. Uh, Justin Fields did return to practice this week, but uh, last I saw, Andy Dalton was still taking reps with the ones. So I'm not sure what's going on at quarterback with the Bears, but I don't think it matters. Um, the Cardinals on the road, a lot of road team favorites here. Uh, and big numbers, seven and a half points for the Cardinals' favorite on the road against the Bears. Yeah, and I've been trying to do my best to fade teams coming off a bye, but I don't think this number is big enough because we are going to get Hopkins. I think we ninety percent chance we're getting Kyler. I don't know who the Bears' quarterback is right now, and they're co- kind of in flux. I like the Cardinals' defense a lot. I mean, maybe there's, I was thinking, you know, Chicago, I immediately think of weather. Maybe there's something there to slow down Kyler and this team a little bit, but I'm going to lay the points. I'm going to lay the points too. And if I thought, because it's not 100% that Kyler Murray's going to play, the last report I saw is they're trying to be smart with Murray and especially DeAndre Hopkins. So I don't know if I would expect DeAndre Hopkins to be back yet. Um, more important to have him back for the playoffs than, than have him back too early. But, uh, I mean, even if it's cool, they've played pretty well with Colt McCoy. Uh, you know, I, yeah. I would still pick them straight up, but maybe that seven and a half number would be easier. But with Kyler Murray um, coming off a bye, the Bears just have not looked good no matter who's at quarterback. So, yeah, give me the cards and I'll give up those seven and a half points. All right. We'll come back and finish this up with the early 10 a.m. games. We've got Chargers, Bengals, Vikings, Lions, Giants, Dolphins, Eagles, Jets, Colts, Texans. We'll see if we can run through all those games and make picks next. A reminder that Bet Online has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march toward the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head over to the new updated desktop or mobile websites. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code Locked On. That's promo code Locked On for 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You can find some fantastic lines and futures and odds. Things like 
Mac Jones for Offensive Rookie of the Year, Micah Parsons for Defensive Rookie of the Year, Bucks for Super Bowl. How about Chiefs in the AFC? It feels like that's the way things are going. Lions, you can bet on them finishing 0-16-1 if you want to go in that direction. Not only football, you've got basketball, pro and college, NHL, boxing, UFC, all of your favorite Vegas casino games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers at BetOnline for the 2021 season and futures beyond. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Who day? Uh, the Chargers need one of those who day things because I don't know who the heck they are. Um, and really, I don't know who the Bengals are week to week either. But the Bengals at home, you got to feel good about the way they're playing right now versus the Chargers. But at the same time, the Chargers are sort of an every other week team. So maybe this is the good Chargers that show up in Cincinnati Sunday. Six and five Chargers at seven and four Bengals. Important matchup for AFC playoff seeding. Cincinnati at home favored by a field goal, Matt. Yeah, Herbert versus Burrow. I hope we get to see this for 12 years in the AFC and AFC championship games and Manning Brady. I mean, who knows? I mean, but these guys will be linked forever. I think the Bengals are just far more consistent and they're really physical. They run the ball well. I believe the Chargers have the worst run defense in the whole league. Mixon's been tearing the league up for fantasy and real life. I'm going to go with the Bengals here. I think they're a tier above the Chargers in both facets. You know, I think the Bengals D is pretty good too. The Bengals, I mean, the Chargers haven't figured it out on defense. The Bengals have no. figured it out on defense. I think that's the key for me. And so, yeah, three points at home, pick them on a neutral site. That feels about right. I'll pick the home team here. I'll give up that field goal with the Bengals. Could be a high-scoring one still. So Could be. 15 and a half is the over-under, which is on the high side. And we've seen some really low scores the last few weeks too. So um, I don't know if you think that might even go under. But, um, yeah, give me, give me the Bengals here. Yeah, I think they'll run the ball a lot better. Make make life on their young quarterback a lot easier. Is this the week, Matt, that the Detroit Lions win their first game of the season? 0-10-1. They are hosting the 5-6 Minnesota Vikings. Vikings favored by a touchdown here. If this was 7.5 or 8, I would take the Lions. And I keep breaking my rules. I keep telling myself, (laughs) don't take teams off a bye. Quit taking so many favorites. The league is really showing us that There are betting trends that are changing drastically in those two things. But I keep taking favorites, and I'm going to again. The fact that Dalvin Cook's out in this game doesn't really matter to me. I know the Vikings have some O-line injuries too, but Cousins is much better than Goff. Their receivers and passing game are much better. I think the defense is noticeably better. I'm going to lay the points again. It's pretty amazing that the Lions would have covered this number in half of their games this year. They're, they're even though they have not, yeah, they wow. haven't won a single game. You know, they have got blown out a couple of times, but they have done a pretty good job of keeping games close. That they do. They play hard and yeah. they don't go away. Backdoor covers galore. Yeah. So you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to take those points with the Lions at home. Let's go, Dan Campbell. Let's bite some ankles. Keep it close. Play keep away with with Swift. Um, but yeah, the the Vikings could strike quickly on them and, and get it, and they could get out of hand and they could absolutely blow them out. But I'm I'm, I'm going to play the number again here and, and give me those seven points. Okay, all right. 
Giants and Dolphins, 4-7. and seven. Giants coming off a big win. Dolphins coming off uh, a few big wins now. Dolphins are 5-7. and seven. Look out. I don't know if there's enough time for them to come back and get in this playoff picture. Over-under is only 40.5 here. That's a pretty low one. Miami favored by four points at home against those Giants. Well, as we're recording this, it's up to the doctors whether Daniel Jones plays or not. So that screams game time decision. And Jones didn't make our 24 and a half, but he was maybe the top one of the, of the maybes and just Glone Jones versus Glennon to me is night and day. I mean, I, I, I think I would run to the podium or run to the ticket counter. If I knew Glennon was playing to take the dolphins with Jones, I have some hesitations, but I'm still going to pick Miami. I'm going to lay the four. I think they're playing drastically better. I mean, the Giants won last week, but they won the turnover margin, what, four to nothing? I mean, they, and they still only won by like three points over the Eagles. Like, yeah. they're not good. And their weapons are still half injured as always, you know. And you mentioned Miami getting back in the playoff hunt. And I'm not predicting they will, but they'll probably, if they beat the Giants, then they got to buy. Then they got the Jets, Saints, Titans, Patriots. So, they might, they might get in the hunt. They could get close. I yeah, still think they they'll miss close. out, but we can't look at this Dolphin team like the team that started the season. They're a different team right now. They're playing different. They are. And That's, so yeah. I, I, I don't care if it's Daniel Jones. I would still take those or give up those four points. So give me the Dolphins, and if Glennon plays and it's even worse, then more power. You know, like uh, that, that's right, even right. better for me. And look, is there a better prop bet in the league than Daniel Jones if he does play throwing an interception to Xavier Howard anyway? So, <laughs> Right, right. All that man coverage, and yeah, they will turn the ball over, I'm sure. Although I should note that the Dolphins' winning streak isn't against the 27 Yankees either. <laughs> right. Actually, okay, here. I was going to save this stat for the preview of the Sunday night football game in the Chiefs, but uh, just to show what this Dolphins team has done. Th- this is pretty amazing. Um, this I saw this from Scott Kazmer this morning. He's an NFL writer, and uh, I'm not sure where he is writing these days. But anyway, um, th- this, is, uh, this is crazy. So the Kansas City Chiefs, they allowed the most points from weeks one through five in the NFL this season, 163 points. Two was okay. Washington, 155 points. The third most points allowed in the first five weeks of the season was the Miami Dolphins, 154. All three of those defenses we thought were going to be pretty good or really good this year. Right, right. The fewest points allowed since week six. So since then, the number one fewest, Kansas City Chiefs, have only allowed 87. The Patriots are second with 98, and that's in seven games. They haven't had their buy in that like the Chiefs did. The Seahawks have only allowed 100, but I think they've only scored about five points. True. And uh, the Dolphins are top 10 now in, in fewest points allowed since week six. And again, no buy. Seven games in that stretch. 125 in Washington is is 12. So all three of those teams have turned it around defensively. And I don't think it's a coincidence that they've turned it around in the win-loss column as well. But the Chiefs is the one that stands out. They went from the most points to the least points from the first five games to since then. It's pretty amazing. But the Dolphins' turnaround wow. has been pretty big, too. And the Chiefs had a tough schedule to start the season, too. But, no, you're right. I mean, those were all defenses that we thought were good pass rushers, big play defenses. And 
what's wrong with Washington's defense? We said a million times for the first month or two of the season. It's getting okay. Miami's is, is drastically changed. And, of course, none's changed more than Kansas City. We've got more big road favorites here, Matt, and a, and a couple of games against the, the couple of the worst teams in the NFL. We've got the Eagles at Jets and the Colts and Texans to finish it up on today's show. Eagles, Jets, Eagles favored by seven points on the road at New York. The five and seven Eagles, the three and eight Jets. Where are you going with this one? This screams take the points of what I was saying before because, but I'm not going to. Uh, the battle of the green teams here. I think the Eagles will get back to playing conservative running football, limit the turnovers, win both lines of scrimmage, and win by seven, though. On the road part doesn't worry me. But, yeah, I'm going to lay the points again, even though dogs keep winning this year. <laughs> the Jets too. They've they've won a few games hard, this year. Man. They've won three games, and in all those games, you think, okay, maybe they're turning a corner, and they, but no, they don't. They they don't, and then they look really bad after that. And look, they beat the Texans last week, and they're not going to beat up on the Texans or the uh, the Eagles offensive line like they did the Texans offensive line, and everyone got involved, and um, they they had numerous big plays on the defensive line that I just don't think is going to happen this week. So um, I'm going to go with the road team and, and give up those seven points, even though I don't love that. If it was a little bit bigger, I might start to lean towards the Jets. But give me the Eagles. The Eagles are fighting for something. The Jets are just fighting for pride at this point. Yeah, and again, I'm taking Philly too. But Philly giving anyone seven makes me slow yeah, down a yes. second. Yes, it does make yeah. me a little bit nervous. I, I, and I think the Colts and Texans, you feel better about the Colts beating the Texans, except it's ten points. So uh, what do you think? This last one on the schedule for the early games, the Colts at 6-6 six and six playing some really good ball right now are – at the 2-9 and nine Texans, favored by 10 points. This one, I'm taking the points. I'm going to try to stick by my guns, bet on some dogs, because I think Houston's defense is okay. I think Indy's approach to this game will be give it to Jonathan Taylor 8,000 times, and that should, should control the football game, 38 minutes time of possession. But if he doesn't break off long runs, that might not be a 40-point day. 10's just a lot. And it's a division game. I mean, these teams know each other. So if it, if it wasn't a division matchup, I might lay the 10. But I'm going to say Houston sticks around. And unlike the Lions that we talked about earlier, even though the Lions don't have any wins, they've kept games a lot closer than the Jets and Texans have. When they lose, they have lost big. And so yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't like 10 points. It's a division rival, maybe some familiarity. Um, you know, could, bad wins could show up and throw some interceptions. So... Uh, I kind of want to go with the number and, and 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 take the ten points here, but man, I really do think it's the Colts that uh, that have an opportunity to blow out the Texans here. So yeah, I hate this might. one. I, it's probably my least favorite that actually I would not put money on this week, but I'll give up those points and the Colts. Gonna do it. Yeah, the Colts battled the box really tough, and they're a way better team than the Texans, and I think they're clearly the best team in the division. A, a true blowout would not surprise, surprise me at all. And almost every single win this season of the six from the Colts have been more than 10 points. So when they put it on you, they yeah. put it on you. That's a good point. You know, they have had some very impressive days. That Bills game, man, they just destroyed oh. the Bills. No, you're right. Bills, we'll talk about them on I'm Monday told- Night Football. We'll talk about Broncos Chiefs. Uh, there's Ravens Steelers, Jags Rams, Washington at Las Vegas and 49ers Seahawks. Matt, did you have something else? 
No, I didn't. Okay. Then that is it for us today. Again, appreciate everybody, all the listeners, all year long, and we will keep it going into 22 as we do every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. Matt and I back tomorrow to preview the rest of Week 13 right here. Peacock and Williamson.